there is a show that Carrie likes to watch on uh, TV. You, you, you still have TV. I guess we all stream everything now, so nobody has TV anymore. But on the television set, there's a show that Carrie likes to watch, or she used to, called Heartland. Maybe watch Heartland? Yes, I know you know Heartland. Anyway, Heartland, Heartland is about a young girl, teenage girl, who is a horse whisperer. What a horse whisperer is? It's not somebody who walks up and whispers in their ear. It's not that. A horse whisperer is someone who has a special gift of working with horses. Uh, she has a special gift of understanding. And for her, she has to understand the horse to discern how to help them. It's a relationship that she builds. And so it's not like they can drop the horse off and she goes, oh yeah, I'm going to give them this, this, this pain medicine and this and that and they're going to be done. She has to understand the horse. She has to build a relationship and understand what's going on and understand why the horse is uh, being the way it's being. And she understands the horse to understand how the relationship can change the problem. It's kind of where we moved this week in our series, That Thing You Do, Journeying Through Life with Jesus. Faith is a relationship that changes us. It's supposed to change us. It is supposed to have a profound impact on our life. And we cannot understand those changes until we understand the people in the relationship. You know, when I got married, I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> Almost all of us can say that, right? We look back and we go, man, I did not expect it to be like this. There were things that had to change because there are people in that relationship. And the same thing happens in our relationship with God. And so here we are uh, in 1 John. We're still in 1 John. That's a series that we just started last week, so we're not going to be very far over. We're very still in the first chapter. We're going to uh, read just a couple more verses there in the book of 1 John, starting in verse 5. And it says, Now this is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in Him. If we say we have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you and praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel. May the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we ask right now that you would bless us this morning. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen. Just a few short verses. There's a lot there. This is the message we have heard from Him and declared to you, God is light and there is absolutely no darkness in Him. What does that mean? 
One thing it means is because God is light, He is absolutely pure. Light is an amazing thing. And one of those marriage things, see, for me and Carrie, Carrie loves absolute darkness when she sleeps. I do not. I, I will go to sleep. You turn the TV on, I will be asleep in two and a half, three minutes. If it's completely dark and completely quiet, I'm going to be up until about one o'clock in the morning. Because I'm going to lay there with my own thoughts, thinking about them over and over and over again. Until I finally put myself to sleep. It's just the way it works for me. It's always worked that way for me. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. He's absolutely pure. His motives are pure. His desires are pure. His judgment is pure. There is this moral aspect to light. I was talking about with the kids that, that, that it has this cleansing effect. It, it makes everything look different. You know, almost all these movies when you have something that's going on it's really bad at night and you just say, well, wait until the morning. Things will look different tomorrow. Things will look different in the light of day because there's just something that happens there. But, but God is absolutely pure. His motives are pure. His desires are pure. Everything about Him is pure. I don't have to stop and say, well, God, are you doing this to me because you don't like me? We have a tendency to do that, though, right? We're going through something bad and we say, God must be mad at me. Maybe He doesn't love me ever since He loves them. That's not what it is. God's pure. He's absolutely pure. So whatever it is that God is allowing in your life, He is allowing for a reason that is absolutely pure. And it's not because you've done anything wrong, not because He's trying to really stick it to you. It's because He has a plan that He is trying to, to work in your life and get you to be where you need to be. Because He is pure. He has, no, he has no darkness. There is not ability to be unpure within the character of God. But also because God is light, He illuminates whatever He touches. Mm, that's the heart. That's why John chapter 1 says what it says, that the people loved the darkness. Why? Because, well, let's see. If God illuminates everything He touches, that means He illuminates my life. He illuminates my sins. He illuminates my situations. Light changes things. You ever been dead asleep and somebody walked in and turned your light on in the bedroom? It changes things. Especially at our house because we use all daylight bulbs. So when those things come on, you go, who did that and why? That's what God does in our lives. When God begins to work because He is light, He illuminates things. And so He walks into your life and He begins to show you those areas that you've tried to keep in darkness. Because there are things we try to keep from each other. There are little corners. There are little corners over there with, with these little spiderwebs and hornet's nests and all the dangerous things that we put over in the corner that we don't want anybody to see. We don't dust it because to dust it means we have to look at it. We keep it in the darkness. But God walks in. And He begins to touch our lives. And He begins to show us the things in our lives that need to be changed. You know that thing that you shoved over in the corner over there, Troy? I need you to change that for me. Because it shouldn't be there anymore. It needs to go away. But you know that thing that you did over there? That thing that you said? You know when you were driving down the road and that person cut you off? And that thing that you said? You shouldn't say things like that. You shouldn't do those things. You know when you got angry because somebody asked you a question and you just weren't in the mood? 
You need to start taking a breath. God begins to do those things and, and work in our life. And He begins to show us the things that need to change. And that's the most painful part, really, is seeing those things. We don't like seeing the bad things. Because when we see the bad things, we have to deal with the bad things. Anybody else ever play this game in your house? When you have kids, you play this game a lot. I'm not going to go in that room for a little while because I know what it looks like. Amen. And if I go in there, I'm going to want to clean that room. But if I start cleaning that room, I'm going to be there for a little while. I don't have time to do that today. So I'm going to leave that door closed because as long as I'm not looking at that room, I'm not going to have to clean that room. That's what we do in our lives. Well, I've got this little sin here that I'm going to put over here behind this door and I'm going to act like it's not even here. I'm going to, as long as I don't look at it, as long as I don't see it, I don't have to clean it. I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to deal with the hurt because I put it behind that door over there. But God says, guess what? We're going for an open floor plan. And we're knocking down the doors and we're putting in daylight lamps in the ceiling. And you're going to see everything because we're going to start cleaning that stuff out. We're going to start doing something different because that's how God wants to work in our life. He wants to illuminate those things. And of course, if God is light, the opposite of God is what? Darkness. But yet we seem to want darkness, right? Well, we want to hide things from people. Because you know, the Bible tells us here is we cannot walk with God and have fellowship with darkness. You cannot do two opposite things at the same time. I thought about it a lot, trying to figure out if there was some way somebody could prove me wrong. Somebody's going to come up and say, well, you know, you can do this and this and they're kind of opposite. I don't think there's any way you can do opposite things at the same time. I can't go slow while speeding. I can't pass while failing. I can't, I don't know, I can't, I can't drink and not drink. I mean, those things... You can't do to do opposite things at the same time. It's not a possibility. And that's what the Scripture tells us. If we, have, if we say we have fellowship with Him, yet we walk in the darkness, we're lying. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. You cannot do two other things at the same time. Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 talks about, you know, a cup of coffee to me is what it talks about. You have coffee drinkers? You ever... You ever walked away from your coffee for a little while and you got caught up in something and you came back and you took a drink of it and it wasn't hot but it wasn't yet cold it's kind of in your mouth lukewarm is how the scripture puts it God says I would rather you be cold or hot I don't want you to be lukewarm. I don't want you to ride the fence. I don't want you to be two opposite things. I don't want you doing this every week on a roller coaster. I want you to be where you need to be. Be hot or be cold. Choose your sides. Do what you need to do. You can't do two opposite things at the same time. Be who you were called to be. This isn't that God can't look on the darkness. It's that the darkness no longer exists with God. There are a lot of people who want to say, well, God just can't look on darkness. No. Nope. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to define that the right way, you're absolutely right. Because God can't look on darkness. Because when God gets there, darkness is no longer there. The darkness no longer exists. 
Once God shows up, there is no darkness. There's no place to hide anything. That's why we can come together as a group and we can go into a time where the Spirit falls and we can walk out of here grieving, but then we go down the road and we start acting like we used to act. Because once we walk away from God, we don't, we don't keep Him with us. Eh, it's okay. The last not there anymore. I don't have to deal with that anymore. It's no longer a bracketsy. God dispels the darkness. He eradicates the darkness. And if we live a sinful life while claiming fellowship with God, we're proclaiming a lie. There's a lot of that in the world today. I'm not, I'm not talking about I proclaim to love Jesus, I walk with Jesus, but I struggle with sin. I'm talking about all I have to do is say I love Jesus and I can live however I want to live because that's a lie. That's the lie society wants us to believe. That's the lie that lots of ministries have bought into and really trying to pump people full of. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says faith is going to change us. The Bible says God is going to change us. The Bible says there is a work that's going on within us. And we are to war against the sin in our lives. To say, I love Jesus, but I'm going to live how I want to live, and I hope He's going to clean it up, that's a hope that you might not want to put your hope in. To say, I love Jesus, and I'm going to try to live my life how He wants me to live my life, that is the hope we have. Because then we know if we fall, He's there. He loves us. He's going to pick us up. But we can't walk around living in sin thinking, oh, I've got fellowship with God. I used to get frustrated with some people in my life, family members and friends who would uh, come to me and say, God is just blessing me so much. And I'm looking at their life and I'm thinking, that's not God blessing you. You're being blessed, but I don't think it's God right now. Because you're not where God wants you to be. You have to understand it. <laughs> Did you know the devil blesses people too? The devil blesses people because if he can make me think that all these things are good enough, then I won't chase after the one that I need to chase after. I mean, there, there's, there's great pieces of literature and there are great movies and there are great shows about people who make deals with the devil for what? For fame, for fortune, for all of those things. Why? Because he will grant you those things. He tried with Jesus, right? Jesus was baptized by John. He went out in the, into the wilderness and he's being tempted. And what did the devil say? Do you see all of these kingdoms? I'll give them to you. If you just follow me. <laughs> the devil does that. He likes to do that. Because if he can throw us off our game, he's fine. He's good. But when we try to live like that, it's playing a lie. We're, we were witness to a false faith. We're witness to a false God. We make a mockery of the sacrifice of Jesus. You know, over in Hebrews 6, 4 and 6, it talks about there is no other way. Once you fall away, there's no other way. It's not really about losing your salvation. What it means is you can't be saved again. Either you are or you aren't. Either you're saved or you never were. You are saved and you are, or you are saved and you're spitting on the one who saved you. 
Because once you've been brought to glory, once you've tasted what Jesus has for you, if you turn around and say, well, I want what I had before, you either weren't saved or you're spitting on your salvation. You're spitting on the one who gave his life. Because walking in the light is living a life submitted to God, allowing Him to remove the darkness from you. God is a gentleman. That's what's always amazed me the most about the story of Scripture. Because I read who God is. If I turn back to the very first page of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, and I read just the first few verses, it says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, let there be light. God said, let there be a firmament to separate the waters. God said, let the, the, the fish be appear. Let the birds appear. God said, let the vegetation appear. God said, let's create man in our own image. God said these things and it happened. So obviously God is that powerful. He speaks and it happens. That's how powerful God is. So God could say, you know what? I want everybody to believe and do what I want them to do. You can do that. He can say, I can force you to be who I want you to be. But he doesn't. Because God's a gentleman. He stands at the door and knocks. Will you let me in? Will you let me do this? Will you let me change that? Will you let me in? He doesn't make me. I can say no. Sometimes I do say no. I'm not ready for that yet, God. I haven't gotten there yet. He says, okay. I'll try again later. I told you the story before. I'm going to do it again. I guess I'm getting old. Um, little girl. She had a prized possession. There's a little set of play pearls that she wore dressed up. And they were they were her her prize. They were her treasure. And she loved them more than anything. And one night daddy came in to put her to bed. And he says, Sweetie, do you love me? Oh yes, Daddy, I love you. Can I have your pearls? No, Daddy, not my pearls. They're so special. You can't have my pearls. It's okay, sweetie. Go to bed. The next night he came in. Again, said their prayers. They had a story. And he said, Sweetie, do you love me? Oh, yes, Daddy, I love you. Will you give me your pearls? Oh, no, Daddy. Daddy, I can't give you my pearls. 
Okay, sweet. Okay. Does it week after week? A few weeks in, he walks in. He says, Sweetie, do you love me? She said, Daddy, you know I love you. You know I do. He said, Can I have your pearls? She reached under her pillow. And with tears in her eyes, that little girl gave her the biggest treasure she'd ever had. And then he took those pearls and he put them in his pocket. And out of his other pocket, he pulled out a string of genuine pearls and handed it to that little girl. He didn't take her treasure from her. But when she was willing to give that treasure to him, he made it so much better. That's what God does. That's how God works in our lives. He's a gentleman. He doesn't walk in and say, I'm cleaning house whether you like it or not. He doesn't walk in with a forklift or a backhoe and start knocking down walls. He walks in and he says, can I help you? Can I show you a better way? Will you give this to me? And what we have to learn to do is trust in that. Trust that what he has for us is better than what we have for ourselves. Because when we don't trust that, we're going to find ourselves floundering. This doesn't, mean, this, this doesn't mean we're ever going to be perfect. When God begins to work, it doesn't mean suddenly I'm going to be perfect. I, I, I met a man one time from a different denomination who told me that he had reached the point where he never sinned anymore. And I said, you're a liar. <laughs> because we all sin. And we're going to keep sinning. But what it means is for us to walk in the light is that we don't habitually choose the path of sin. We don't make that conscious choice over and over again to say, I'm going to live this way even though I know God doesn't want me to. I'm going to do these things even though God doesn't want me to. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be walking in this type of fellowship with God that will lead to the cleansing of sin. Because God will cleanse our sin. He will give us freedom. He will put us on a new path. That's the amazing thing about Jesus. He doesn't force me to. He stands at the door and knocks. Or as the prophets put it, He stands with His arms outstretched all day long. Waiting for us. What's the year? 2023. 20, In 2012, 11 years ago, <coughs> Girls graduated high school now, but she was about four. We were having a pool party, a church pool party. And this little blonde-haired girl <laughs> would climb up on that diving board. And she would look down. And she would wait. And she would say, Brother Troy! And when I was there treading water below her with my arms outstretched, she would jump off the diving board each and every time. That's what God's doing. He's sitting there in the deep end with his arms outstretched saying, just come to me. Just jump. Don't worry about, don't worry about what you might have to give up. Don't worry about what I might clean out. Don't worry about those things. Just come. 
Because I promise what I have for you is so much better than what you have for yourself and what this world is promising you. I promise. That's what he's saying. He says, I can cleanse you from sin. I can give you freedom. I can give you the things that you want, but you have to trust me. Maybe this morning you've been struggling with trusting him. It's easy. It's easy to, tr to struggle. We look at this world and people let us down. People let us down. Right? I mean, let's be honest. We used to watch a show called House. You ever watch House and D? What did House always say? People lie. That's what he said. He didn't trust anybody's self-diagnosis because people lie. People let us down. And so we look at God and we go, how can that be any different? But God doesn't let us down. He is waiting for us to say yes. And when we do, when we choose to walk His way, things are different. <coughs> Maybe this morning you've been struggling and He's asking you to trust Him this morning. Now's the time. <coughs> Maybe this morning you want to pray. The altar's open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to start a missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you have never taken a step to know Jesus, a real step. Maybe you've heard about it on your life. Maybe you've, you've heard it and you've been like, you've been playing with it. We play Christian a lot. Especially in our society. Because we're born and everybody around us knows about Jesus. And so we think we know it. Maybe you never know. Maybe this morning you feel something you never felt and God is saying, now's the time. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think or what you may have to give up. Now's the time. If you've never known Jesus as your Savior, Now's the time to walk down and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus. It's simple. And we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You right now and we thank You and we praise You for Your blessings.